Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Welcome to this video or podcast, whatever you're connecting with us on. We're so glad that you're here. Today, we're talking about support and love for widows. And Claudia McGuire has joined us. Thank you, Claudia, for talking about this today. Absolutely. Claudia is on the Bow Ministry team, and she served for many years on staff at Chase Oaks Church in Plano, Texas. She had many roles. One of those was the women's ministry pastor. And we're talking about widows today, women widows. So I thought I would throw that in. And of course, widows are one of those groups that a large church will probably have quite a few. A smaller church may not have very many. But we're talking about support and love for widows, whether it is in the church or outside of the church, ways that we can do that. And Claudia is a widow herself, and I would love it, Claudia, if you could just tell us a little bit about your story and your experience in being a widow. Well, I know we don't have all day <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's quite the experience, but uh, my husband, Jim, passed away um, three years ago this year. And although he did have a, about a 25 year long struggle with a very rare genetic disease, it was something else that got him in the end, completely tied into the disease that he had, but he actually developed cancer. Again, a rare liver cancer as a result of this ongoing disease that he had. So I do believe that those years of helping my husband in one sense, being prepared, knowing that this disease was not curable, um, he could live a life and to him, it was a normal life, but it did affect a lot of things that we could and could not do. I think having lived with him so long with this disease, it helped us through the final year of his life. After he was diagnosed, he lived about another year and um, then he, he passed, he passed on and it's been a journey. It's been a journey that will never end. You don't get through grief as a widow. You don't get over it. You, it, it is something that the loss of your husband always stays with you. You just go through different seasons of it. And that's what I would call it. Sometimes it's very real. It's very close. And other times it, it isn't. It is just what it is. It's what your life has become. So widows have become dear to my heart because it's a place that I figured one day I would be, but certainly not in my early 60s, you know, kind of the beginning of my 60s, this kind of hit us out of left field, not thinking that we were going to deal with cancer on top of the other things that he had dealt with. So they're just, um, there's a lot involved with it. 
God's brought us through a lot. He was with us through all of it. We have two adult children, two girls that have dealt with it in their various ways. And I've learned a lot about grief and it's just very, it, to me, it's, it's kind of fascinating the more you learn about it and the more you experience it, you know? Yeah. In fact, I was going to ask you if there was anything specific that was really new to you about grief, because you had lost family members, other people close to you through the years. But I imagine that having your husband die may mean that you have experienced something in grief that was unknown to you before. Yes. And part of that is the what's called anticipatory grief. We knew he was dying. And that is very different to go through with your spouse. And, and again, it, it's not any worse than somebody who le- loses their spouse all of a sudden. It's not any better. It just is what it is. It's their process of leaving this world and going into the heavenly world. But what's interesting about um, how I reacted to it was for at least the first year, which he died in January of 2020 and COVID hit immediately. And that almost shifted my grief because there was a new grief that had entered the whole world and it affected my relationship with my kids. When I could see my grandkids, we were all shut down. So the ability for us to process that grief together was sidetracked a little bit. The thing that affected me most though, that I was most surprised about was what they call widow brain, which is a definite fogginess that happens to you. And it can last anywhere from six to 12 months. And I completely experienced it. Just even little decisions like, do you want to go out and eat? I was like, I don't know, like I might, but I might change my mind at the last minute and I don't want to commit. And I, you know, it's a very real thing. And so that was probably my greatest surprise because coming from a background of being able to juggle lots of things at one time, making lots of decisions, I turned into a person that like, I could only kind of handle one thing a day, but That also has a lot to do with COVID and COVID brought its own set of grief with it. I mean, and so whatever it was that caused all that, I think it was just uh, the combination did that. And and as a result of that too, I learned in talking with other widows and meeting them that we grieve differently. You know, some women, like I said, have that and it takes them a long time to get to a place where they can make good decisions. They need a lot of help coming alongside them and making those decisions, or they just don't do it. But um, we do grieve differently. And although we widows have this commonality of we've lost our spouses, we're also still just very different. It's not one size fits all. And that's something to remember. You know, we, we don't lose our uniqueness just because we become a widow. Right. And there are widows of all ages. I mean, I read that the average widow is 59 years old. 59. Which is not what I expected at all when I right. when I was looking it up. So obviously there are widows much younger 
and widows much older, but the average widow is 59 years old. So that means the younger widows, many of them probably still have children at home. So they're not only have become a widow, but they become a single mom all at the same time. Yes. And absolutely. For, for many of the really old widows, they grew up in an era where they didn't do any of the finances. There are just many things that, that the culture at that time women did not do. They have to suddenly pick up a lot of skills. Yes. Which widow brain would make it even more difficult yes to feel like you have to learn how to do these things yourself mm -hmm. so the needs would be very varied for yes. widows right so how how do we how do we in the church or how do we personally attack that in any way how do we support and love these widows when the needs could be so vast and different and, and the answers could be so fast and different. And, and that's a great question. And it's a question that I think I'm continuing to learn uh, the answer to and, or the answers to. And I think we will always, as long as women continue to become widows, you mentioned the statistic of, you know, the average age is 59. I think I was 63 not only that, but we, the statistics also show that we lose 75% of our friendship base when our spouse dies because so many of our friends are couples and they were couple friends and they did golf together or they traveled together, right. whatever. And that's a big deal. There are 2,800 new widows every day. There's ever over 11 million in the United States. But the statistic that I was and am interested in is that 50% of the widows disconnect from their church. When their spouse dies, 50% of them disconnect. And I think it's really, I think it's higher than that. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. First of all, there's just a lot of memories. If they've been at a church for a while, there's a lot of memories and it almost makes it harder that you have to keep repeating your story or people say, well, how's Jim or how? And you're just like, wow, that, it just takes a lot of emotional effort to repeat that story with people that you continue to see. I think also they just feel disconnected. I mean, that's, they're like, oh my, these things aren't working for me anymore. The interesting thing to me, too, is that there's 103 references in the Bible, basically 103 references to widows and what God thinks of them. The Old Testament is pretty clear about setting some healthy boundaries around how to treat widows and they shouldn't be oppressed. You shouldn't take their property. God executes judgment on those who take advantage of widows. And we see early on in the Old Testament that there was even a widow garb. That's where and that didn't even stop happening until maybe a hundred years ago. I mean, women wore the black garb for a year. Right. Their time of grieving. There are also instructions in the New Testament about how to treat widows, more specifically how the church should treat widows. And there are instructions to widows on how they should conduct their lives. There's the instruction to younger widows. I want them to get married. I want them to have children. I want them to have a home. And for older widows also that they should continue to give and love and support people and 
and pray for the saints and even more specific instructions there on how widows should be included in the church if they were really in need. There's some criteria there for this is a widow in need. This is a widow. She might be in need, but she has family and it's that family's responsibility to step in and help take care of those widow's needs. Don't put the burden on the church. The family needs to step up and help take care of those needs too. So we see both the Old and the New Testament refers to widows and how to treat them. And, and overall, what you read or, or the sense is that God does have a special compassion for widows. He cares for them. And he wants to make, he wants us all to treat each other with respect and dignity and care. But he specifically talks about widows and orphans and strangers. Right. And we need to remember that that's a, there's an instruction for us in the word of how, what we need to do and how we need to come alongside widows. So I think there is a role for the church and I think there is a role for individuals. Right. I, I know yesterday I was at a funeral. A friend is a new widow and I noticed a row of, of women at the funeral and I knew that I, I didn't know all of them, but several of them I knew were widows. And I know that they have developed a group of widows, mm. even without a ministry within this church. And all of them are members of this church where mm -hmm. the funeral was. But they have developed a group that they do things with, that they go to things like funerals together, they go other places together. I just thought that was really healthy. And I was thinking about it because I knew we were going to be talking about it today. But I looked at that and thought it was real healthy. And, and I know that where my husband plays golf, they, there's a group of widows that they eat together every single Friday night. Every wow. Friday night, if you're there, you can see. And through the years, actually, the group has, has grown. The table has gotten larger. Yeah. And, and you know, you said over over 11 million widows. I don't even think that those statistics take into account all of these COVID widows that we have because COVID has killed men more than women. And so it probably has enhanced that number well beyond 12 million at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah, just a, a large group of, of people with some specific needs that God cares about. Right. And so what, what do we do individually, even if we're in a church, but it doesn't have a widow's ministry, any, any specific things for widows, and, and we don't feel like we have a voice there, what can we do individually? What have you done? Because you have begun your own group. Right. And within that first year of my husband's passing, I, I felt God was impressing upon me the need to start a group. He's like, this is, it wasn't like, you know do you want to do this? It, it felt more like you need to do this. And I had decided early on, yes, I do need to do this, but COVID is raging. It won't be this year. We'll see what happens next year. And so uh, interestingly enough, a friend of mine had contacted me. She called me and she was interested in starting a group. And she said, would you be interested? And I said, have you been talking to a friend of mine that I, that I mentioned this to? And she said, no, I just, just something I've been wanting to do. And I, you know, it'd be great. I think if we could do it together. 
So between the two of us, we knew about, we knew of, and we knew really about 15 other women who were widows at various stages, some long time, some recent, and we decided to just start there. So we, um, we knew the need. We knew there was a need. We knew there were a number of widows in our church and just in our sphere of influence that, that were widows. So we met together and just decided, what could this look like? We don't want it to be a grief group. And there's lots of good grief groups out there. We wanted it to be a very safe and supportive environment for these women to connect to. We wanted to be a resource. We wanted to be a place of friendship. So we kind of laid out, this is what we want it to look like. We kind of had a guiding, I don't know, statement of this is a mission statement. This is what we'd like to do. And then we put together a cute online invitation and we invited them to this first meeting to see if they would be interested. And it was at one of our homes, I think, at that time. No, it was Zoom because COVID. We, we had, I think we decided to go Zoom to start that way. But anyway, we ended up with about 11 people joining us. As I said, widows are not the same. Some don't want anything to do with a widow group. They don't want anything to do with what they think might be a grieving situation. They don't feel the need to be in a supportive group or they're just not ready. So uh, we just started with what we had and we went from a year every month we had a different topic that we talked about and it was you know, how to get help around the house. We talked about finances. We talked about family grief. We talked about self-care. We talked about a lot of things that were, that are very important to widows. Did the widows themselves come up with the topics that they wanted you to talk about to the larger group help, or did you and your friend decide what those topics would be? They helped uh, the second year. The first year, we kind of planned out a schedule. And these were things that my friend Sally and I had struggled with and things that from us talking with other friends who are widows, we felt would be the most beneficial. And then we thought, we'll just get feedback. We'll see how people respond to each one or if people don't show up for certain ones and, and kind of gauge where we are and move on from there. So we went from this group that was very almost topically oriented or help self-help to just a community of friends. And we sometimes, well, we've had people come and talk to us about various issues, or as we're meeting together, there might be a topic that comes up. There's a lot of needs uh, within our group. There just have been there a lot of needs, just, just have family needs, house needs, car needs, you know, there's just a lot of physical needs, health needs. And uh, so we went from more of a, a learning teaching environment to supportive friendships. We meet for dinner. Um, we do social things a couple of times, two times a month. And sometimes now that's in our home or it might be at a restaurant. And we talk about what we want to do. There's a lot of things we want to do, but half of our group works. So our timing is very different on when is the best time for us to meet. Part of our group doesn't like driving after dark. They don't want to drive long distance uh, because, again, we have a wide age group in there and we have a wide interest group. So that's what I just did personally. And that group continues to meet and I love them. And I love the thought of having them as a group of friends. Absolutely. 
So as far as a church is concerned, I know I've been in churches that had widows groups, but yes. it, it all seemed to be, we'll feed you lunch once a month. And that's how we do this widows group. They didn't seem to be particularly educational about anything such as your group began. It was just more of a chance to be with other widows more than anything. And it was, we'll do this for you. I didn't think there didn't really seem to be any widows involved in the planning or the carrying out of any of it, yeah. which I think is a mistake because it is I, think a mistake. One of, I think one of the things is it's not just that widows know what they want, but it's also the fact that I think many widows begin to feel they have no purpose in life, particularly if they have been caring for their husband for some time. And now that purpose is gone now that he has passed away. I, I just think that, and because most widows are older, you know, not most, um, I guess it's not most, I guess it's about half, but the ones that are the, the widows that uh, become widows, the newer widows, most of them are older. I don't know how that works, but anyway, but it, but it is true. I did read that statistic as well. Women over 70 are the ones losing their husbands, but they probably don't live many more years, which is why the younger balance it out. As that makes sense. Average. But losing your purpose can be really difficult. And, yes. and so not to include them and let them do a lot of the planning and the carrying out of it, I think is a mistake. Yes. Is, is there anything else that you would suggest if a church is trying to do something for widows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are several things that a church can do. First of all, I think it's, you've got to figure out who's going to do this. Is it a, is it the group's ministry? Is it the women's ministry? You know, is it on, on what else is there? Is it a, a care ministry or a counseling ministry that starts this group and see where that fits best. But I think you can also, if you've got a database, you can run your database and see how many widows do we have in our church? Yeah. And if you find that you've got a pretty big number, then yes, something needs to be done. If you don't have a huge number, but you still feel this is a direction we want to go, you can always partner with another church that, you know, or two or three churches that you're like, hey, we want to start a widow's group. Would you be interested in inviting your widows when we meet? And again, you can, there's a lot of things you can do. And you're right, newer widows seem to have, especially that first year, seem to feel a different need than as you have become a widow longer. As time goes on, you gain those skills back, you begin to put together a new or different or extended friendship base, things change. And so you don't need to keep revisiting grief and how that affects your family. It's like now you've lived it and you know how grief affects your family. But a church you could start a you could start it with a dinner group, a social group, a games night, a study group, a Bible study group, just a small group, you know, it could be a prayer group. Widows can be incredible prayers because they they sense things and they have a compassion or a new compassion for uh, people with needs. So you can do that. Those are just a lot of, of groups that you could start. You could 
invite women to certain counseling things that you do. You could offer the love fund. If you have a love fund, you know, do they need financial help? Do they need financial coaching? As you said, you know, a lot of widows, they really didn't know how to handle a bank account or investment accounts, those kind of things. So there's, there's a lot of things that can be done. And on the other hand, you can, I think it also is beneficial to have a, like a handyman, a resource list, you know, do we have groups that enjoy doing yard work? Do we have groups that, Hey, they, they know how to install cameras. They know how to fix doorbells. They know how to, you know, if you've got a group like that, that just wants to help and you develop a resource list that you also share with the widows that are in your church. There's a, a number of things that you can do. You don't have to start big and grandiose, but just start somewhere. And right. I completely agree with you that a widow needs to be on the ground floor of that. So if you've got, as a church, you've decided this is something we want to do in the next year, invite a widow in the church that would be interested in that, that has some leadership skills, some or some team building skills and get her involved in starting that ministry. I think it's crucial. Right. Right. I think that's very, very important. And I would think if you're going to start something in the church, you need to be aware that not all widows are older and retired. Right. Just like you said, half of your group is working. I think that that has to be taken into consideration because the widow groups that I remember in some of the churches we've been in when I was when I was much younger and didn't pay that much attention to them, but but I knew that they had them. Mm-hmm. They all it was all lunch stuff. It was always a luncheon meeting. Mm. So it had to be widows who were retired. Yes. And that's not um, the case. It's not the case. And I think a church that's large enough to have something for widows. Mm-hmm. And not that that has to be large. A small church may have several widows that they need to think about how do we love and support these widows. Yes. But but a church that's large enough might need two different groups, one for the older women who are retired and have the time and don't want to drive at night. Yes. And, and another one for widows who have very different needs because they're still in the workplace or they may still have children at home. They might still have children at home. And so that's another good thing is you might want to consider childcare. Yes. If you're going to do something, because there are a lot of young widows out there that do have children at home. And that is a, that is an issue. And we've tried things uh, like our church has started doing a quarterly thing. This was something they decided last year. They wanted to reach out to the widows in the church. And so we've done we've done crafty things. We've had somebody come and teach us thing, you know, a fun thing. We try to keep part of it light. We've had a woman come and talk to us about facing the holidays, you know, how have your holidays changed? And we talk about that. We try to keep it different. We've also done Saturday morning things in our group. We've done evening things, but yeah, lunch just does not work. Middle of the day doesn't work. You know, it's great to start something like that, but yeah, you might, there might be some people that are some widows that are, would be disconnected from that because they, as you said, they just can't do it. Yeah. Well, there are just a lot of factors to consider. And and I think, as you suggested, getting the widows involved themselves to try to find ways to reach all the needs. I mean, you can't, you can't take a 
all the needs of everybody, no. but at least make it not just one a one size fits all type of ministry might right. be a good idea. Yes. And I mean, you could even, if you got a get together, you might take a survey of what are your most pressing needs? What are your top three needs right now? And that would also be, uh, you know, again, you can't meet all the needs, but there could be one or two of this group that you could say, oh, we could definitely help build into their lives by doing this. So it's a good way to find out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, can you think of anything else that we need to know before we end this uh, conversation? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think so. I think, um, as we said, just, you know, if God loves and supports widows, we should too. It's written out in the word how we can, how we should do that. And so I just think we need to follow that and do what we can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Claudia. Thank you for sharing your own story. And thank you for sharing some of the things that you've experienced as a widow and about the group that you have have started and been part of. I think that's real helpful to people as well as your church experience, knowing what churches do and what churches can do. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And for those of you out there, we have many more resources and we continue to add to those resources frequently. So we hope that you'll go to our website, beyondordinarywomen.org and just browse around and see what you might need help with personally or as a leader or as an influencer in your community in your with your children, with your friends, with your neighbors, in your church. Bye, Claudia. Thank you so Bye-bye. much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.